Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is LaShonda Hodge, the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. LaShonda, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jason, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. There's so much to talk about when we talk about customer experience, customer service. That has been such a buzzword for such a long time. So this is a little different. We're going to talk a lot about technology. We're going to talk about process improvements. And most of all, we're going to talk about the people side of it. So let's just start there at the very beginning. We know the Centers of Excellence has, has had a customer experience program for quite a while. It's been one of the initial five areas of engagement. Let's discuss what are you working on? What, what does your program cover? I read through the playbook. You can mention that, of course. So let's start at the beginning. What does uh, the Center of Excellence do around customer experience? I like to start off by talking about COE at large because it was stood up to accelerate IT modernization across government. And as you know, we, we help agencies make their services more accessible and effective with um, modern applications, platforms, processes, and software solutions by providing technical expertise in cloud, contact center, customer experience, data analytics, infrastructure optimization, and artificial intelligence. And then we collaborate on those projects with our partners workforce to ensure that success and longevity stays beyond our engagement, which is really important because, you know, we could do a bunch of work, but if we leave and we haven't imparted that knowledge with that agency staff, then it kind of all falls flat. And our goal is really to have that, the things that we do be sustained over time. But to accelerate IT modernization across government and to do it well, customer experience really has to be a foundational element of the work that the COE does. And so we take a customer-centric approach to engage with customers, especially the public, to develop new solutions, which includes solutions around policy, services, product, and technology, um, and better communicating with and reaching those customers to ensure they can access those new solutions. We help our partners see the value in working that way, and then we help them understand how this way of thinking and working can be operationalized. And so you mentioned the, the playbook, and we're kind of reevaluating and making new updates to that. And we have a kind of a larger framework that we like to use to help infuse customer experience into how they do business, looking at these five core components, um, measurement. So what are the mechanisms do, the, um, do they have in place to collect and analyze data for customer experience related outcomes, governance and strategy? Um, have they institutionalized CX? Um, holding agency leaders accountable? Um, do they have defined processes and aligned business initiatives with the customers at the center? Culture and or organization, do they have CX experts in-house? Do they take risks and fail fast and quickly learn? And have they helped all the employees put the needs of agency customers at the center of what they do? Customer understanding, do they collect qualitative and quantitative data about customer needs and customer journeys as evidence to what the real problems are they need to be solving? And then service design and improvement. So how do you go about fixing broken services or introducing new, new ones? So do they do that with their customers and the needs at the center of that development? Do they use agile methodologies to speed delivery and things like that? So this framework really helps us determine where agencies need improvement and what tactics organizations can take to move towards becoming more customer centric, making that mindset shift to infuse customer experience into the way they do business. So we like to bring that into the forefront to really help move people into this really customer-centric mindset. And I think that's really worked well with the agencies that we've worked with. All right, several things I wanna follow up with you on, especially with those five core components. 
Before we do that, though, let me just take a half a step back. The IT uh, Modernization Center of Excellence, that has, was one of those foundational elements you went through, I think, the initial five. You all added artificial intelligence later on, and I think maybe one other one, if I remember. Has the view, and, and I know you've been at the COEs for about a year and a half. You're a pre-pandemic hire. Welcome to the government jump right in, you're working from home all the time now, right? So, so, but, but how has the focus on customer experience maybe evolved over not just the last year, but the last three to five years as the Centers of Excellence has evolved? Can you offer a little bit of historical viewpoint? CX is one of those things that hasn't necessarily been, people talk about it, right? <laughs> but people don't always decide that they, that's what they need. And so what we've, we've realized is that sometimes we need to frame customer experience in a different way in order to basically kind of use the agency's needs around technology to help them understand how customer experience is integral to um, actually choosing like how to modernize their um, IT. And so I feel like a lot of things that we've done in this past year is really try to reframe customer experience into like hearing the agency's needs and then saying, okay, here's what you need. Let's do kind of our human-centered design approach to kind of help you meet those business needs. And then later on show you that it was because we use this human-centered design approach and this kind of customer focus and customer experience framework and methodology in order to do your IT modernization. And I think that also helps us show these like really great value around CX because a lot of times people people think CX is a great idea. They think they're doing it well already, but kind of bringing it into the business needs that they're looking at today and kind of showing them that value around customer experience through doing projects with them that help have helped them have better outcomes than they would have had otherwise, um, I think has, has really helped. So it's more that we've kind of taken the frame and change the frame a bit to basically help people see the value in it without explicitly always like shining CX in people's faces. That's kind of what I see as the kind of the evolution in the way that we've we've been working with agencies in the, in the most recent um, months. It sounds like that's a, a pretty it's almost like you're, you're taking the, the, the coming from the side view instead of the direct on because if people hear customer experience, you got to look at customer service, you have to do customer journey mapping. Oh, yeah, 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 we do it already. And then you find out, well, you don't, but it's really when you when you solve the problem, then you bring the kind of the customer around the back, if you will, around the side to say, oh, here's here's where the customer fits in. You mentioned that the the playbook, you're rethinking it, you're looking at these five core components. Maybe we should walk through those five core components a little bit more. First of all, will this be a quote unquote new playbook or is this an, an addendum to the playbook? How are you all thinking about it right now? It's more of a framework on how we kind of institutionalize customer experience. The playbook is, is more kind of you're already in that mindset. Here are some things that you can do. But in order for it to be a sustainable practice within an organization, it has to have these very, very specific components in order for you to do it well. Sometimes you have people who just have the qualitative data and it's just like this really siloed piece within one part of the organization. So they do it, but it's just not spread throughout the agency. And so these components are really helpful because it allows us to figure out how mature agencies are. And then what we can do with them is basically, what are some accelerators in these specific areas that are going to allow you to really move 
from like that basic level of maturity into a much more mature um, customer experience and customer focused organization throughout the organization, not just these like pockets of excellence that we often see at agencies. So like some people really do get it, right? <laughs> it's often this, this really small part of an agency or they think that CX is something extra that they need to do rather than how someone goes about doing business. Like if, if you're creating technology, if you're creating processes, the customer needs to be the center of that. And we are trying to teach people to whatever they're doing within that agency, use those customers as the center of how you decide what to build, what processes to put in place, what skills you need to have. And so I think the, the playbook is good for people in like really small spaces who are kind of already thinking about customer experience, whereas this framework really helps institutionalize it across the agency. It's much more broad. It's much more about sustainability than to like getting something like a project done. I think that's, that's, a, that's a really helpful differentiation between the two. We in the news business, you know, we get excited when you hear something new, something different. So, so thank you for, for, for doing that. The other piece of this framework is you talk about the five components. And again, we'll get into each of those in a second. Are they, are you rolling them out? Are you there? Are they in use across different agencies or what, what, where are they in that whole maturity stage of, of development and thought process? We are kind of piloting it at one of the agencies that we're working with now. We're refining it based on kind of what we've been doing at um, one of our um, agencies to really make sure that it's got, you know, all the core elements in order to, to bring it to a new agency. We actually have, uh, we, we've done one of these assessments and we are gonna present the findings to their leadership um, in the upcoming week. So we'll see how the reaction and, and how people feel about um, what, we've, what we've done there. But I really do think that this kind of first pilot will give us the opportunity to really test it out implement it with that um, organization and see what else we need to add to it. What else we need to modify? What else do we need to evolve? Um, since this is our kind of first, first pilot. You know, I'm going to ask you which agency, and I know your answer is going to be, we're not really prepared to talk about it. So I'll just ask that question anyways. Can you tell us which agency you're piloting with? I am not prepared to so There you go. <laughs> I, I knew that was the answer somehow. Now, I know you've worked in the past with HUD and, and, and the Jake over at DOD. From that work you did, again, HUD, Jake, and, and, and others at the, from the CRE, is that where this kind of framework kind of grew from, where you said, hey, we, we need something more than just the playbook, which is, a, a, as you said, a, maybe for organizations that are a little more mature? Yes, <laughs> because there are agencies that really are at the grounds level of really trying to understand what customer experience is and what it can do and what that value is, and being able to really take it and make it stick um, I've seen people bring in journey mapping. I've seen people bring in um, kind of the basic customer experience kind of artifacts and processes, but it doesn't actually have the investment from the people within the agency and that stuff doesn't get adopted. And so we need to make sure that it's well coordinated across those, those five core components in order for it to be invested in the other thing is that executives <laughs> love a good framework. And so having something that you can point to and show them that this is, these are the four, the five components that you need in order to make this work, it really um, kind of provides them with 
a comfort in knowing that there is kind of a formula, right, to, to actually being able to make this sustainable. So really kind of being at the bottom level at some of those agencies and really understanding, okay, there is literally nothing here. We need to be able to kind of pull out those components to help them uh, mature. And it's taken a lot from kind of the private sector, right? The private sector model. What are the things that are required to make an organization customer focused in the private sector? So we've taken a lot of pieces from that in order to, to develop this, this framework. All right. Sounds like we're going to have more to talk about maybe in the future once you get that pilot done. LaShonda, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest is LaShonda Hodge the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. I answered the call. I moved with a purpose. Out here, it's no different. My mission has changed, but my purpose remains. American Military University, they get it. Founded by a veteran to educate those who serve, the faculty knows where I'm coming from and where I want to go. They've got my six from enrollment to graduation, my education is helping me move forward with career-relevant knowledge and skills for a better tomorrow. With AMU, my mission is clear. Start your next mission. Go to amuonline.com veterans and apply today. Here's Carolyn Doobie, a Principal Solutions Engineer and Cybersecurity Lead at Cloudera on Federal Insights. Cybersecurity. Refresh your approach to detection and response. Sponsored by Cloudera prioritize that data that is most important to you. So which data is your organization, your agency going to get the most value out of and then get started that way? Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Cloudera. Data travels at the speed of light, moving past us in every direction. It's easy to feel overwhelmed in the chaos of it all, but what if you could take it all in, refocus it, filter it, direct it? What would you discover? Something profound, something beautiful, something that moves you. The right data moves leaders and organizations to bring their vision to life. Cloudera, data that moves you. Visit cloudera.com slash public sector to learn more. Patrick was way behind on his IRS taxes. I was in way over my head. The total amount ended up being somewhere oh, just over $30,000. $30,000. Then the IRS came to collect. Started getting letter after letter. A lien had been filed against me. They were going to basically like hang me completely out to dry. He had to do something. That's when I reached out to Optima Tax Relief. Patrick's life quickly got a lot easier. It was very easy. Pretty much hands-off, you know. They picked up the ball and ran with it. And how'd it go? I couldn't believe it. I had to ask like two or three times. I saved an incredible amount of money. How does Patrick feel about Optima? Couldn't be happier. They definitely helped me. Optima Tax Relief, the best place to call. They're the best in the business. Do what Patrick did and call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. News critical to your federal career. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is LaShonda Hodge, the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. LaShonda, before break, we're talking a lot about this new framework you guys are piloting over uh, a COE and a customer agency. 
And the, the, one of the things that the framework does is addresses some of those longstanding challenges around customer experience, customer, improving customer service, because you talked about governance, you talked about policy, and you talked about, you know, kind of accountability. But those are just maybe some of the process challenges. I imagine there's other challenges that you're starting to, at the Centers of Excellence, address. And, and what are those challenges and how are you addressing them? While most, like I said before, most agencies, like they love the idea of improving customers' experiences, there are these like really big hurdles to actively and intentionally kind of improve customer experience um, at scale. So the first challenge that I generally see is, and I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, is kind of this perception of competing priorities. Um, Leaders and staff tend to only focus on what they perceive as business needs and don't always coalesce around customer needs and actually use that to drive how the organization functions um, to also meet those business needs. So looking at the customer journey, but then also looking kind of on the back end at how organization, the organization runs that creates that journey for customers. It's called a service blueprint that we like to do to kind of help connect what customers are doing versus what the organization is doing to kind of inhibit and create those pain points that, that people often feel in their journey. So there's that, again, that belief that CX is something extra to be done, but when it's done right, it just everything you should you do should center around the customers. So instead of it being extra, it's just how you do business, uh, why you develop processes in a specific way to achieve that optimal experience, why you build technology. And then thinking from that customer first perspective really reduces the burden on staff and they will be more fulfilled because they're actually helping their customers. So CX has to be this investment from the top and the bottom. So leaders need to mandate it, announce it, and managers must be held to a standard, et cetera. So the second challenge that I often see is that leaders really have limited exposure to customers. Customers are more of this concept than a reality for many agency leaders. They don't interact with the public. Uh, they don't have regular or direct exposure to the voices of the people who depend on their agency services. And then customer research is limited for many agencies. Like I said before, even for agencies that have invested in research capabilities, these silos often hinder the development and distribution of meaningful insights across. And then there's always a lack of customer experience, data, agile, civic design expertise in-house. Agencies tend to rent that expertise rather than buy it. So you've got contractors who have that um, expertise. Once they're gone, all that knowledge and all that great um, expertise walks out the door. So people with strong backgrounds in researching customers, analyzing customer needs and designing with customers are only temporary, temporarily available to agencies. And it's even rare for agencies to kind of populate staff leadership roles with CX or design professionals. There's this unfortunate lack of agile and human-centered design capabilities in-house as well that allow for this more customer-focused and modern development needed to more rapidly respond to and better meet needs of the customers. And there's also a lack of data maturity, which is instrumental to design. Data about customers is siloed and agencies they often don't have that qualitative data to meaningfully connect with other disparate data to create this contextual picture of customer needs and how when those needs aren't met effectively, they actually affect their operational metrics. One of the other things that we see, and it's unfortunate, and I feel like a lot of people actually do talk about this one, is the high technical debt that limits an agency's ability to really introduce or improve those digital services for customers. And sometimes there's little expertise in, in using modern technology. So there is a study or an article where 
it stated that about three quarters of the money that the federal government budgets for IT actually goes towards maintaining legacy systems. Um, the GAO had a report as well that said some critical systems are more than 50 years old, use outdated language, and have unsupported hardware and software, and are operating with known security vulnerabilities. And there was a study by, or an article by Accenture in a survey of 185 federal IT decision makers, 83% of the respondents said that technical debt severely limits their ability to innovate. So I know that's been a thing that people have talked about a lot um, lately, but I think it's, it's really important and true that that technical debt is really kind of limiting the ability to kind of move into a modern, uh, into modern technologies. And then the last piece is kind of something that's intrinsic to government, which is organizational silos. It's definitely in the private sector as well, but it's very strong marker of what government looks like. Um, and improving customer experience is nearly impossible if you have organizational silos because customers neither know or care how agencies are structured, but the silos within agencies can have this direct and negative impact on the quality of the customer experiences. And unfortunately, but fortunately, improving customer experiences really is by its nature, this holistic effort. So when you have silos, you, it's very difficult to get co collect complete information. It's very difficult to implement enterprise solutions and so those silos really do make it difficult to make a cohesive and seamless customer experience that you might see in the private sector. I want to take a half a step back to something you said, which is uh, fascinating to me that a lot of leaders don't either interact with customers, don't understand their customers, uh, and, and don't really get the, their customers as well as maybe they should. That feels like that was a problem 15, 20, 30 years ago, but we talk so much about knowing your customers and what they need. And while we get, nobody's perfect, the government's a large organization, you still see that time and again that the person in charge of Project X or, or Initiative Y says, our customers are these sets of people. And you go, well, what about the, I guess those people too. Uh, you know I mean? You have that kind of realization. So you're shaking your head, yes, tell me more about what you see from a trend perspective about not understanding customers? From a trend perspective, it appears that they do know that it's important. However, a lot of it is that they farm it out, right? Like, so it's the contractors are going to talk to people. And then when you bring them back in, the contractors back in to talk about what they've learned, they don't really have the, um, they weren't there during the process. So they haven't internalized these things. So it's much more difficult to empathize and internalize kind of that those people that you're serving if you don't participate in the process. And so a lot of times it just comes to time and resources, right? They're very busy. Um, and so they take, they allow the contractors to go do the research, but they are not, they're not in the room when that research happens. And so I think kind of that, that inability to like, because they're not there, they don't, internalize it and, and allow that to be what guides them. They're using kind of cold insights from contractor staff. And is that something that you're seeing maybe starting to change or are executives going to that? Uh, you gave me, you, I saw that, uh, you gave me the look of like, not really yet, but, but I was gonna say, are these executives going to focus groups? Are they paying more attention to things like social media where they're listening to the the customers talk more openly, more candidly. I'm very hopeful in this 
this kind of, as we continue to push towards customer experience, as COE continues to go into different agencies, that we can kind of impress on the executives that they have to be there. They have to hear people. They have to understand what they're going through. They have to find ways to make that time to really understand those customers of theirs. Um, so I, I do, I am very hopeful that that will happen. Um, from a social media perspective, I think that social listening is actually pretty new and it's kind of a, a method, shall we say, that hasn't necessarily caught on at many agencies. I know that's one of the, the methods that we like to use in order to do work around um, designing new technology, designing new policy, designing new services is really taking the time to do social listening around a particular topic to scrape as much social media data as we can possibly get in order to really understand what people are saying, um, what the sentiment is around that particular topic. Are people happy? Are people not happy about that particular thing? What are they saying online? What are the patterns that we see? And so Again, I still feel like that information, it comes from contractors. <laughs> they have the tools and technology to do that, whereas other agencies might not have invested in tools like that yet to be able to do the work of scraping uh, data from social media. But what I really like about social media is it just is unfiltered, right? Like people go and they say whatever they need to say. And unfortunately, it's passive, so you can't kind of you will have to go follow up to really understand the context and really understand what's happening in that situation. But it does give you this plethora of data that you wouldn't have necessarily gotten if they, you know, if they don't interact with you on a regular basis, which is what happened in government. You don't interact with government agencies all the time, right? So being able to kind of talk about a topic unfiltered on the on social media isn't for us to be able to use that information to really figure out, okay, where do we need to focus some additional research efforts? to really go and dig into what's happening here. So I think that this social media kind of social listening um, tool is really important for um, government agencies to kind of adopt as a method to hear the voices of their, um, their customers. I heard a great story from a couple agencies who had and how they use social media. And we're gonna take a break and come back and I'll tell you that story. So we're gonna leave people on a little bit of a cliffhanger as they say. We're gonna take a break. My guest is LaShonda Hodge the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. Tune in on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. for the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Learn from industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Innovation in Government examines a wide range of topics and evaluates their payoff. Cybersecurity, big data, mobility, cloud computing, and more. Innovation in Government, Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on Federal News Network. Search Innovation in Government. Across the virtual halls of government, federal employees trust Zoom for government communications and collaboration and to engage with the public in serving their mission. Zoom for government with ATOs across the federal spectrum is U.S.-based, using the AWS GovCloud and two co-located data centers. Zoom has authorizations and attestations with FedRAMP, DOD's Impact Level Classification, FIPS 140 Cryptography, and supports over 300 NIST controls. Learn more at carasoft.com Zoom. 
A federal career can last 30 years or more, and so can your federal retirement. Tune in for your benefit every Monday morning to get the information you need to plan your retirement, maximize your federal benefits, and increase your financial savvy. For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA, offers valuable information on topics of interest to the federal employee. Join us each Monday at 10.05 a.m. on Federal News Network. For additional information, visit NITPINC.com. Here's Dan McCune, the Acting Associate Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Enterprise Program Management Office at the Veterans Affairs Department's Office of Information and Technology on Ask the CIO, sponsored by GitLab. I think this DevOps uh, transformation that we're in will probably last for years, and we're in the early stages. I don't know how to measure that because I don't know where it ends. Maybe it never ends, but yes, I think we are seeing some success. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Ask the CIO. Today's changing threat landscape requires the government to deploy new capabilities and updates to connected systems and software in minutes or hours, not days or weeks. GitLab's complete DevOps platform, delivered as a single application, fundamentally changes the way development, security, and ops teams collaborate. GitLab helps agencies accelerate software delivery in minutes, lowering development costs and reducing the risk of app vulnerabilities while enhancing speed to mission. Learn more at gitlab.com solutions DevSecOps. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is LaShonda Hodge, the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. Now, LaShonda, before break, we were talking about social media a little bit, and I told you I had a story to tell. So put up with me. I'll tell you. I'll make it quick. I promise. I was in a panel recently with a bunch of customer experience experts from different agencies, and they talked about how they're using the Twitter, the Reddit, the, the feeds from Facebook and, and other things. And they were taking those comments and putting them up on screens in the elevator. And there were, so as people got in the elevator, obviously pre-pandemic, they would see these tweets or whatever that was, you know, maybe not the best spelled correctly, maybe had some curse words, maybe had some grammar mistakes. And some of the folks were complaining about that initially until they kind of got their head around it. Wait a minute, they're talking about us. They're talking about how our agency is working and it was a really an eye-opening experience for many people to say, that's how we are perceived. Have you seen that from other agencies? What are you seeing about how agencies are using social media to, to build and create relationships and process that feedback? Well, I think that's an amazing idea to take what people are saying about an agency and put it in the faces of all the people who help create <laughs> this experience for people, even whether directly or indirectly, because again, it gets them closer to how people actually feel and hearing it directly. Kind of like I talked about where I was saying that the, the agency leaders, while they know it's important to understand people, they haven't actually heard it directly from them. So that's a great way to hear information about you directly from a person who experiences your agency. And so I will have to take that as a <laughs> part of my um, part of the framework that we use and in how to uh, institutionalize CX um, in the future. So that's a great little addition to our, our, our framework. One of the things that I've seen happen as well is kind of along with pulling out just the, the data, the pure data is also looking at sentiment around particular topics around your agency and just to see how people are perceiving kind of the things that you are trying to do. So if you have a particular program and that has kind of 
keywords that you can use. You can kind of search to see what people are kind of saying about that program, but also how people feel, which I think is really, really uh, an important piece of information because you can use that to say, okay, if it's extremely negative or majority negative, you need to do something, right? Um, you need to dig deeper. You need to figure out where you need to do additional research uh, around that particular topic because you're failing somewhere. And so I, I like that you have this kind of instant access to information to figure out where to kind of put your money. There's not infinite resources, right? So you have to pick something to start with and pick something to do. So if you can see like that, how people are feeling about a particular thing, and you can use that to determine where to do your next work, it's kind of, it's a really smart way to, to determine where to put your resources. So I've seen that. Um, I think the other things that I have seen is people use social media just like they would a contact center, right? So if they would call you, email you, or chat you on your website, or, you know, get the information from the website to call you, they will do the same thing uh, for social media. They will go to your Twitter page and type about something that they've had a terrible experience about. And people need to actually be able to respond to that just like they would a contact center. If they emailed you, if they chatted you, they called you, people need to have their answer uh, questions answered on social media. So also taking some time to like incorporate that into kind of the customer service operations and hoping agencies kind of move to see contact center more broadly than just like those calls and emails that they get and expand towards social channels. Um, one of the other things that I've seen is kind of automated responses to people asking questions. Again, thinking about how a call center works. If you've got a knowledge base, you can quickly pull up what that answer should be if they have particular keywords and kind of automate um, those responses so people feel like they've been heard and their questions have been addressed. And so I think that social media is really a great place to, you know, change the tide of an experience. So if someone's asking a question or having a bad experience, you can set up structures and automation to be able to hopefully make that experience better for that person. So is there concern from your perspective as an expert in customer experience that social media can be a bit of an echo chamber. It's uh, 30 people all yelling at each other and you really don't get the better, the broader sense. So I I'm, I'm, imagine you would say it's con combined with if you're seeing a sentiment and that sentiment is negative on Twitter, on Facebook, it's that's not, it's not your only data point. We're going to get to the data discussion in a second. You have to then bring in other data points and, and make and see really what, what you're hearing, but that's maybe a good place to, to kick off. Yeah, I would have to agree. You cannot just use one piece of data. You need to use a combination uh, of data. Um, and it's so important to understanding customer needs in the moment, as well as assessing need, need trends over time, right? So like I was just saying, someone's asking a very specific question on social media where you can you know, understand that question and answer that question, and then you've created a positive experience. But also we need to take that information as many people are, are talking about things, like I said, getting that sentiment and assessing kind of neat trends over time or over a large period of time. So it can help agencies determine what customer needs are and aren't being met to better determine where to invest their improvement efforts and to measure the success of improvements, uh, new products and services. So it's definitely necessary to capture a lot of data because we need to understand the journey that customers take to accomplish their goal, where there is friction in their journey um, as they're trying to com 
complete a task, where they expect something that we aren't providing, what that friction costs the organization, how satisfied customers are with that experience, how long do things take and how long do they uh, feel like they take? Is it a reasonable amount of time? Like certain things should take a long time, but something takes longer than what we expect. How does that friction affect uptake? How many people does it affect or kind of that magnitude? And then what people are using today. So all that data really starts to paint a picture of the needs and friction points and how changes impact that experience. Uh, And generally people are good at capturing what's happening, right? So I know that 50 people have applied for this specific thing in government. I don't know sometimes that 150 people weren't able to make it through the system. And then for those 150 people that weren't able to make the system, we don't always know why, right? And which we can start to glean from that social listening because people are gonna be complaining in their echo chamber on the internet. We will start to hear it through survey, open text field data, but that still kind of doesn't, it has, it lacks depth that's needed to truly understand the root of the problems and not just the symptoms that show up when, where people want the resolve and just aren't able to articulate the myriad of factors that created that friction. So we basically need to do some deep dive kind of research. So qualitative observational data, one-on-one conversations to be able to probe more deeply into what's happening really is kind of what kind of brings it all together to help us solve for those root cause issues. So that's that qualitative data, which is the context behind human behavior or the why, and then that quantitative data. So that's the what, what's happening. So together, it makes up that really complete picture. But I could talk about <laughs> how we work with agencies to kind of take all that data and m- create a picture because there are a lot of issues right now with agencies and how they uh, think about data and how they use data to kind of make decisions. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Talk about how agencies are using data. My guest today is LaShonda Hodge, the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. News impacting feds and contractors, plus Mike Causey's unique perspective on pay, benefits, and retirement. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network. Repurposing manpower through automation. The expert ebook provided by Ironbow Technologies in partnership with Dell Technologies is now available. Get insights on automation such as how Treasury and DLA are embracing AI, machine learning, why data matters, and how AI success means looking at the problem. Go to federalnewsnetwork.com today and search keyword Ironbow to download Repurposing Manpower through Automation, an expert ebook provided by Ironbow Technologies in partnership with Dell Technologies. Our new way of working with a cloud-first approach has unleashed the need for new technologies that can speed up processes, automate manual workflows, and share data across organizations. How can you empower your team with data, drive efficiencies, and increase performance? Ironbow Technologies, along with Dell, will help you discover how AI technologies support agency mission success. Discover more at learn.ironbow.com AI. That's learn.ironbow.com AI. Download the Federal News Network app and take the news that matters to you and your agency's mission on the go. 
Download the app to find out what each new law and policy will mean for civilian and defense employees and contractors. Download the app to keep up with cybersecurity and technology changes. Download the app to learn about changes to your pay and benefits. The Federal News Network app, sponsored by WEPA. WEPA, group term life insurance for feds, by feds. In these uncertain times, Federal News Network can help you navigate your agency's response to coronavirus. Download our app and read our coronavirus resource page with the latest news and information on your agency's evolving telework, pay and leave policies, acquisition guidance, and what this all means for your TSP. We are here to serve you, the dedicated federal employees and contractors who continue to serve your mission. The Federal News Network app, available on the App Store and on Google Play. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Lashonda Hodge, the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. Lashonda, you were just about to talk about data, and let's go down that path a little bit. And you made a comment very early on in our discussion today that a lot of agencies are maybe are not as mature as they could be around data. How can agencies mature their use of data? And you mentioned qualitative and quantitative paths to that maturity. Data is extremely important. You cannot uh, understand what problems are and solve them unless you have data to back it up because uh, you need to be, like I said, there are only a limited amount of resources. And so you need to be able to direct your attention at the right problems. So what we see is that many agencies actually lack qualitative data um, and only use quantitative data to define what problems are and whether or not they're successful. So we help them understand how to use that quantitative data to define where to bolster their understanding of needs. So we're seeing disparate impact here. This is where you need to do more qualitative and observational research to understand what's happening so that we can figure out what the root causes are. So we we help them kind of design that qualitative research and conduct that qualitative research. But we make sure that we have that agency staff with us so that they are also one, understanding how to do qualitative research, but also again, kind of like I said before, like letting that empathy take over and really hearing from the voices of the people that they're meant to serve. Let me jump in real quick. I think we know what the words qualitative and quantitative mean. But give me an example of maybe some quantitative research that the COE does for a customer. I think a lot of people just use kind of uptake, right, <laughs> as quantitative data. How many people were able to, to apply? How many people weren't able to apply? Or how many people were able to apply and, and move to the next stage? And how many people were applied but didn't move to that next stage? So if we want to look at desperate impact for a certain segment of the population who was able to make it through the process where a certain segment was not. So that's good to see that people are struggling to get through the application process. But what is keeping them from making it through that application process is what we, how we, that's kind of qualitative data. Why is this happening to people? What are the circumstances that surround it? What's their behavior? That's qualitative research. So it's not just the numbers, five people made it, five didn't, but it's why those five did and why those five didn't. It's actually the rationale behind it, interesting. Yes. So what we see is that some people, they got that quantitative data because they track it already because it's part of their performance metrics, right? For their strategic plan. How many people applied and made it through the process? How many 
housing choice vouchers were we able to give out? How many households did we impact? But we don't understand what's happening with people that didn't make it through that process. We might see that they're of different populations. We might see that they're different of different backgrounds. But that's all we know from quantitative data. So it, it's really important for us to research and have that conversation with those different groups, both the ones who made it through and the ones that didn't make it through to understand you know, what's happening. And then bringing those agency staff along because they need to be able to do that work in the future. And they need to feel kind of and understand kind of the, the why behind the things that happen. Some of the other things that we see are, there's this unfortunate, there's a, like a lot of silo data that isn't connected. So I've seen some agencies that are in the process of developing their, their data lake, right? They're getting to the maturity where they have a data lake and you can bring all that disparate data together and make sense of it while others just aren't that mature. And so for the ones that, you know, aren't mature, we've, you know, worked with agencies where they are. We just work with them where they are and we kind of pilot these kind of bringing this data together. A lot of the data that we look at, we bring into what we call a voice of the customer tool. So we can connect the customer relationship management tool, social listening data, Google analytics, survey data, call center conversations, and other operational data, like how many people were able to apply or make it through the process to this VOC tool. So they have this really complete picture of the needs and how well um, they're meeting that, that those needs. So they can determine where to do more qualitative research. We really work with agencies to pilot these capabilities, help them think through that data that they can integrate and work with programs to develop dashboards to help them make decisions about where to invest their time in customer needs understanding or product and service improvements. And then we also see that they don't look at the correlation between quality and satisfaction to other outcomes. So satisfaction increases uptake, it results in less calls to call centers for simple things, which can reduce cost and improve morale. So being able to really correlate kind of what people experience to kind of those operational metrics. So that when, when people are asking like, what's the benefit of CX, you can illuminate that return on investment um, for them because you're connecting it to how the, the business operates. I think the, one of the other things that we see is that people have this mountain of data. They have CRM data, they've got survey data, they've got social listening data, but you can't, with all that kind of qualitative and text data, you can't analyze it with people. <laughs> you, need, you need NLP, you need AI and machine learning to really kind of take all that information and help you find uh, themes um, in that data, because there is no amount of people who can go through all that data and really kind of pull out those themes. So that's one of the other capabilities that we see is missing is really being able to take that, that text analytics and create something from it. Looks like you felt my next question coming up through my system here to say, okay, a lot of data, how do you manage it? So uh, this is a show about CIOs and this is a show about technology. So let's talk a little bit of cloud, artificial intelligence. You mentioned NLP, natural language processing. How can agencies use these tools, these technologies to improve their customer experience? Cloud-based technology really is nice because it, it can help bring all that customer, uh, rich customer data together because it's all kind of centralized in, in one place and you can pull all that data together in the cloud. And then AI and machine learning really help us make sense of that data to better understand needs. And it can also be used kind of in the moment, right? To develop better experiences. 
as well. So first, let me talk about kind of how AI can facilitate better understanding. Again, like I talked about, it's tons of data, right? Tons of text analytics, tons of text data, sorry. And you can get it from a variety of channels. You've got the CRM. Um, some of these newer tools can actually, if we use them, can actually like capture call center conversations and create the text from it and then analyze the data from it as well to even in, understand like sentiment in the moment. Um, we can understand if the call is going well or going poorly. And so being able to take all that rich data, use NLP and extract information and develop insights for further engaged investigation is really like having hundreds of people trying to analyze um, all that data. And it's, it's actually really great at pulling forward trends that we weren't watching for. So, you know, you're training models because you, you know, sometimes you know where you want to look and sometimes you don't know where you want to look. And the ability to use AI and ML kind of pulls forward themes that you just weren't looking for where you have blind spots. So that is an, another great use of kind of the VOC tool, which is a cloud-based tool that uses AI to really um, bring forward those trends um, to agencies. And then AI also allows agencies to better respond to market and recommend products and services to customers, right? So like I said before, if you're in a call center and it's listening, which I'm not saying that it does, I'm just saying at some point, if people get to a point where, where they're comfortable with that kind of um, technology, um, it can tell you if it's a poor call or a, a call that's going well. And if it's a poor call, you can have these algorithms that can support the conversation to kind of help the frontline staff determine kind of what to, to do at this point, potentially where to route that call because it's going poorly and it needs to be escalated. Um, and so it's, it's really good at um, kind of being able to kind of change the tide of uh, a particular experience from a negative one to a, a, a positive one. They can also provide better tagging so that when agents or even people are searching for information, those tags can bring up the right articles, making getting questions answered more efficient and effective. Um, we use AI and chatbots, website and knowledge management search, using those interactions over time to learn what answers actually make the most sense for questions people are asking, which helps agency answer more questions without having to add contact center staff. Well, LaShonda, there's so much more to talk about. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. This is a great conversation. I learned a lot, so I very much appreciate it. So let me thank my guest, LaShonda Hodge, is the Managing Director of Customer Experience for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration. LaShonda, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, my pleasure. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Sprinkler on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.